0: Mother's Day to all of the moms out there. Sorry you couldn't be with us here in in church. We've had a few uh, Sundays that were uh, memorable Sundays that we haven't had everyone with us, but we wish everyone a happy Mother's Day out there, all all the moms. So we're going to go ahead and get started with a couple of songs, so uh, you can sing there in your living room or wherever you are.
1: There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me it tells me of a savior's love who died to set me free it tells me of his precious blood the sinner's perfect plea oh how I love Oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me.
0: And with everything going on, and and we're so thankful that um, it should be uh, next week that maybe we can meet together again as, as long as governor says that's still okay, um, but a lot of people have gone through a lot of hardships. A lot of people have been uh, furloughed from their job. A lot of people have been let go of their job. Some jobs have gone away. Some people have had to go to work every day in in very trying situations, Um, but all of these are things that we just have to remember that God is in control this next song kind of addresses that a little bit.
1: Tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder, why it should be thus all the day long, while there are others living. Never molested, though in the wrong, farther along we'll know all about. We'll understand it All by and by When we see Jesus Coming in glory When he comes down From his home in the sky Then we shall meet him in that bright mansion we'll understand it all by and by farther along we'll know all about it farther along we'll understand why cheer up sunshine, we'll understand it all by and by, amen. Well,
0: brother, come on up, share with us.
2: Good morning, everyone. Good morning, church, and happy Mother's Day. It's so good to be with you on this beautiful Sunday morning. Boy, it was chilly driving in even saw some frost on the side of the road and so uh don't like that looking forward for that looking forward to to that being gone Uh, well welcome and uh, again happy mother's day and let me stay first of all right from the beginning thank you so much for your kind and generous giving towards our benevolent fund Uh, we put the word out there that we needed to make some uh, need to help some folks and so thank you for your great great response we really appreciate that so much uh, also, several other announcements. Uh, you'll notice that this morning's a little different. We're on YouTube Live, not on Facebook Live. If you can, uh, you should be able to get to the YouTube Live channel, Laurel Hill Baptist Church, or LHBC channel, is our is our channel LHBC Church, and then uh, you should be able to get there through Facebook. And we're doing this live through YouTube today. I also want to mention that uh, some of you have mentioned about how you have enjoyed the daily devotionals. Those are on our website also right now, and uh, you can reread those if you so choose to do that. Just go to the home page and you'll see a link right at the top. Um, Notice the pretty flowers. Hopefully you can see them on the screen here behind us. That's in honor of you mothers today for Mother's Day, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy those as uh, you see those there in the background. And so today we just want to simply honor you as we honor the Lord. Uh, Pastor Hamp just mentioned a second. The governor has given us a gracious opportunity to be able to come back uh, at 50%, and so the elders met this last week. We will be giving to you uh, our plan of attack uh, by Wednesday of this week, and uh, if not before, but probably certainly no later than Wednesday. Still a lot to think about, a lot to do. So uh, be uh, stay tuned for that uh, coming. Okay. All right, so uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll see what he has for us today. Father, we thank you for this uh, wonderful opportunity in this gracious time that you've given us that we can serve you through uh, just our gathering virtually. And uh, Lord, we thank you for bringing us through this pandemic and keeping us well and healthy as a church family. For all that I know personally, Lord, thank you for uh, the great way that you have helped us in so many other ways through the doctors and nurses around the country and around the world and uh, Lord we're just excited about the possibility of getting back together and again thank you for uh, that privilege that we have been given and so uh, we just honor you today and we especially want to honor our mothers so we ask this in Jesus name amen All right. Well, today I wanted to do something that would be honoring of the Lord, certainly, and honoring of our mothers. We've been talking so much about all that's been going on. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of nauseated by it all and just wanted to really focus on something that would be joyful. And so we're going to talk about mothers today from the text of Scripture. And I think that'll be a blessing. My plan has been, at least in my heart and mind, whether that's been articulated or not. Has been to try to keep things as normal for us as we can. Life has been such an upside down roller coaster in so many ways, and a lot of pressure on families. As Hamp was mentioning a minute ago, uh, you certainly have been feeling your own pressure uh, through the various things that you've been going through, and I'm sure you're tired of dealing with all of this as much as anybody else. And so let's try to push all of that away if we can this morning and uh, think about the role of godly mothers. And so I've titled the message this morning, God's Love. For mothers God's love for mothers so turn with me to John chapter 19 John chapter 19 beginning in verse 25 and we're just going to read these three verses here uh, 25 26 and 27 John 19:25. standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene when Jesus then saw his mother and the disciples, whom the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, "Woman, behold your son." And then he said to the disciple, "Behold your mother." And from that hour the disciple took her into his own household. You know, I don't know if you've paid attention or not, uh, and I'm certain you have. I'm saying that a little bit in jest, but uh, moms have it rough. Uh, this pandemic has put a lot of extra pressure on a lot of people, but in my opinion, uh, one of the people who have had the greatest pressure and some of the greatest changes on them have been moms. Uh, they are ones who've really stepped up to the plate and really made a lot of things happen during this time in addition to everything else that they have going on. And so our hats go off to you ladies that are, that are mothers And uh, thank you for all that you're doing for your family. Your your diligence and your work is not going unknown. But you know, the truth of it is, uh, sadly, in our world today, becoming a mother or being a mother is really not something that's a priority for a lot of people. In fact, it's considered less than a blessing. If it were a blessing, let me just read you a couple things here that I found that I thought were really sad but interesting We wouldn't have the millions of abortions that we have every year going on. Do you know that according to the World Health Organization, just from this year, there's an estimated 40 to 50 million abortions worldwide? And think about it. That's 125,000 aborted babies a day. 125,000 aborted babies today. If mothering were a blessing, many women who work outside the home would quit pursuing a better life and focus on the role that the Lord has given them as their priority. If motherhood were a blessing, then there wouldn't be a 9,000-member group on Facebook called I Regret Having Children. If motherhood were a blessing, we wouldn't have women like uh, a French therapist, psychotherapist, by the name of... uh, Corinne Mayer, who wrote an article titled, No Kids, 40 Good Reasons Not to Have Children. If motherhood were a blessing to the world, and I'm saying that's who we're focusing on right now, we wouldn't have articles from the BBC titled, 100 Women in 2016, subtitled, Parents Who Regret Having Children, or an article in Marie Claire uh, Magazine inside the growing movement of women who wish they never had kids, or in today's parent magazine regarding motherhood, what have I done with my life? If motherhood was a blessing, in other words, moms would be happy over their role. I mean, that's really just the bottom line. And they live the life that God has called them to, where family is the priority, if motherhood was truly a blessing. But that's a really hard sell. I'm talking about motherhood, a hard sell for a lot of women today because, ladies, you know this, to be a mother is very demanding work. It's hard work. It's some of the most difficult work that there is. It's challenging work. It's a life of sacrifice without question, putting your desires and your hopes and all of what you like on hold. It's a energy draining work. I think about the number of uh, days and hours that my wife had spent when the kids were growing up with pouring herself into their lives and uh, setting her life on hold, but also having to do the day-to-day routine of things uh, in order to make sure that their needs were being met. And so it's a very energy-draining kind of work. It is a often very thankless job, even from the very people that she is Uh, working for and helping in the family. It kind of becomes somewhat robotic in a lot of ways. There are days where mom gets no sleep and she has to get up early in the morning and she has to stay up late at night and do all the things that are required of her to the point where she becomes somewhat numb to it all and just becomes robotic in in everything. There are days where it's just seemingly pointless. It doesn't seem to matter what you do or don't do or what you say or what you don't say. Um, no one 's really listening, and certainly, as i 've already alluded to there 's that never ending role behind it all the never ending tasks that just never stop. The job requires never ending conversations. You think about the number of conversations that you 've had with your family members and your children trying to encourage them and and to help them pursue the life that is best for them and uh, what you know will help them most. And you sit hours upon hours upon hours over the lifetime of your family talking about things over and over and over again. And, and once you think you got it all settled, you go over it again. You understand all of that. And not to mention the never-ending schoolwork. It seems like all those years that you have the family in there in your realm and in your nest that the schoolwork just continues to pile up. And then there's the boyfriends and the girlfriends and, and all the things that come with the relationships. And and again, I've already mentioned some of this in the background, uh, the laundry piles that continue to grow and, and mound up week after week, the dishes, the lunches. Um, I've understood most moms would say one of the things that I would get rid of first is having to prepare lunches for my kids if I could do it. Because it's such a a task that just demands so much. And the dinner menus and everybody comes home and I'm hungry mom, what's for dinner? What are we going to do? And mom's been out doing everything she knows how to do and driving home from her job or whatever she may be doing that day, she says, oh no, I got to figure out something for dinner. And so the task never ends. It's kind of like that idea of being everyone to everybody and how do I do that? And so any of us would look at that kind of list, uh, that uh, job description, and would say, who in the world would want such a task? What kind of woman in her right mind would want that? Which is exactly where we have come in our culture as we hear some of those articles and in the minds of many, many women today. But the reality is it's God, and he is always our focus. It's God who has created and made mothers. It was God who who showed us the purpose of what it means to be a mother and and to bless them. In fact, Psalm 127, verse 3 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. Fruit of the womb is a reward. Let me read that again. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And now let's just pick apart this verse here just for a second. Notice that God says children are a gift from him. Children are a gift from him. Listen, in God's mind, the child to the mom, to you moms, is your reward. It is your reward. It is your reward reward to him. You say, well, what does that really mean? Well, I understand what a reward is, but what is God really talking about here? He's simply saying to be a mother, you are rewarded with a child. This is my reward to you. The wage, in other words, or however you want to term it, is precious to me. Therefore, I'm giving this precious one to you, a living, breathing human being. You think about that. The Lord himself has given to you a living, human, breathing individual to be a part of you. He placed it, him or her, inside of your womb as a gift, as a reward to you, as a blessing. And by the way, no man can do that. No man, I understand the process of of creating a baby. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about how no man can give to a woman what only God can give. And in God's mind, the greatest blessing that he can give to a woman is, is the privilege of having a child. Now I understand I'm always sensitive to women that are not able to have children, and I hope that you'll forgive the subject if that's a troublesome one to you today. Uh, Today is Mother's Day, and so we want to focus on that subject. But just understand that uh, God blesses women in their own way as well. But today we're focusing specifically on women. So who else but God could provide a living soul? It's an astonishing thing when you think about it. Who could provide you with another living soul to care for, to take advantage of, to be a part of, to love, to be a part of their life, to share your heart with them? Who else could do that? To share your abilities with all the things that you were created to be, to help make decisions, to watch them grow up. To, be the joy of, to have the joy of being a part of their lives, to help them make decisions. All these things that the world looks at and says, this is a daunting task. God has designed and built into you as a mom the ability and the wherewithal to be able to be a part of all these things. And then to watch as they leave your home full of confidence to go out into the world ready to make their claim and make their mark in the world, that you have been preparing for them. They'll go and be that person that you have created them to be. And there's really no greater gift that compares to that. God's plan has always been to bless the earth with people, to carry on his work. And the only way to bless the world with people is to bless the world with mothers, To give the world mothers, which means to be a mother must mean that there also must be children. And all of that was in the mind of God, making mothers a very blessed people from God's perspective. So today, what I want to do just very, very briefly is we want to focus on one woman from our text here and learn some wonderful truths about God's love for mothers. So let's just pull back the curtain a little bit of the heavenly realm and let's listen to what God says at least from what I can gather from my own mind. And I'm going to use a little bit of my own thinking here. I'm going to read between the lines. So I hope you'll forgive that, but I think you'll be able to see that this is not anti-biblical at all, but it's very much in line with what the Lord is is wanting. As you look at that passage in John 19, you're going to be aware with me that that's a, it comes at the middle of a horrible scene. It's a beautiful picture of motherhood between a son and mother in the middle of a horrible picture. But it really becomes one of the greatest proofs of God's love for mothers in all of Scripture, at least in my opinion. Mary, Jesus' mother, had just witnessed, to think about it this now with me for a minute, she had just witnessed as mom, as a mother, one of the most horrific scenes that any mother could ever ever see come against her son. She saw the effects She wasn't there at the beatings, at least as much as I can tell, and how he was treated, but she certainly saw the effects of everything that had been done to her son, and the treatment that he had been given by the religious leaders of the day, the very people that should have known who he was. She saw, can you imagine a mother seeing their son beaten, the the results of the beating of the body? And the mocking crowds, I can only imagine from her heart what she wanted to say and what she wanted to do in her humanness. And as she saw him nailed to the criminal's cross, knowing that that's what that was for, this wasn't for her son. Her son was was God come in the flesh. How in the world could he be nailed to a cross? And in my mind, at least, I think, how could any mother withstand any of that? How could she deal with any of that? But it's in, the, in this event that we find one of the most precious moments in all of history where God showers a mother with incredible grace in the midst of such tragic circumstances. So let me just give you a couple of things that, again... Uh, reading between the lines that makes sense to me about this passage. And every year, you know, it's a challenge to come up with a topic that is meaningful uh, when the subject recurs every year. And so I try to find something that's going to be a little bit different, a little bit um, more challenging, a little bit more uh, meaningful for us. And so let's just read between the lines of the text here because the reality is John doesn't give us any more details than what we have in these couple verses here about that scene. But there's so much behind that scene in the character of Jesus and in the character of Mary and even in the character of John the Apostle that I think is worth just pulling out for just a moment. First of all, I think without question the Lord would easily say that mothers are precious to him. So that's first. Mothers are precious to him. When anyone else would be thinking about their own situation, what's the Lord doing? He's literally hanging on the cross, and he has his mother on his mind. Of all the things that he could be thinking about, and I'm sure did think about, what we have in these few verses is our Lord himself paying attention to his mother. And I can only imagine in that moment, he thought about the things of his life. Now again, I'm telling you, I'm reading between the lines here. We're not seeing this in scripture, but just remember that he was human as much as he was God. And so we are told in scripture that he felt everything that we feel. He was tempted in every way we were tempted yet without sin. And so I can imagine in my mind's eye that maybe in his humanness, he had thoughts of all that she had done for him in his lifetime. The hours that she had spent for him and spent on him and and how she had been a part of everything in her life, how she showered him and showed him such great love as a child and as a young man growing up into his adulthood, and and then even as God and being able to balance all of those things. I'm just wondering from the cross, was he seeing his mother in that light? I believe he was. I think without question he also understood her pain and her suffering. This was not an easy thing for her, and he knew that. He knew that this was going to be one of the most challenging or the most challenging things she would ever endure in her life, and she had endured a lot. She had been through things that most women would never, ever have to go through in a lifetime. God had asked much of her, and I believe that on the cross, Jesus was caring for her, and he could see that in her, the needs that she would have. He understood her pain and suffering. And he also understood the need that there was to care for people. In other words, in Hebrews 4.15, he says, The Lord speaks to us and says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, who cannot uh, sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. The Lord knows the struggles that we feel. He knows the pains and the agonies that we go through. And he's not unaware of them. And this scene really proves that to us. And so my simple thought as you just kind of find yourself at the foot of the cross, looking at Jesus and looking at Mary and kind of seeing this exchange between their eyes and from a mother to a son and a son to a mother, what that must have been like in that moment. A beautiful picture. And the simple questions in my mind that pop up are, During these days, does your mother know how valuable she is to you? Does she know how precious she is to you? Are your thoughts on her during this needy time if she's still living? Have your energies been focused on making sure that she is okay if she's alive and needs the kind of concern from a son or a daughter that only you can give? Are your concerns for her well-being... Or is your mind more focused on yourself? And that's typically the way we all are because that's what sin does. We focus on our own needs and our own wants. But we really should be focusing on others. And that's what we see from the Lord here, especially in this beautiful scene. In his most physically trying hour, the Lord proved his priorities were for people, even the woman who bore him. Secondly, and we see this in verse 26, simply mothers are to be acknowledged. Not only are they precious, but they're to be acknowledged. Notice in verse 26 again of John 19, when Jesus saw his mother. This is a very interesting phrase. Those of you that have been with us on our Wednesday night studies, we're going through Paul Miller's book about Jesus and and learning how to have compassion like Jesus did, learning how to see How Jesus saw, and one of the first things that Paul brings out in multiple places of the text of Scripture is that when Jesus encountered anyone, he we're we're told in, in a simple sentence that he saw them first, that he noticed them, he recognized them, and it's interesting that John says that here of Jesus when he saw his mother. Of all the things to be doing while on the cross, dying in pain, he saw his mother. Now, that doesn't mean that he just glanced through the crowd and there she was. I think it means much more than that, that Jesus sees his mother. And there are many thoughts that go through his mind. I can only imagine how her face must have stood out in the crowd as the multitudes were there watching this horrible situation. And then as he panned that crowd, that he would see her face rising above others And it's not that the other women were not important. Certainly we're told that there were others were there, as we just read in the text. But his mother was precious to him. And so she quickly caught his eye. And we learn some things from this as we're going through this this morning. And that is because the Lord cared enough to look at his mother, it tells us she was worthy of being recognized. He wanted us to know this was an important event. And we say, well, why would John specifically describe the reaction from Jesus? Well, because I think simply the Lord is teaching us that mothers are valuable. Not only are they precious, but they are valuable. And they need to be paid attention to. It's critical. Again, Mary wasn't just another face in the crowd. She was his mother. I understand the theology of it all that Jesus made very clear that uh, to the disciples that all were his mother and father and brothers and sisters. And, and so there was that sense of his Godhead that he was able to set aside the emotions of what it means to be in a family and spread his love to the entire world. I understand that. But in this particular scene, we see something very unique from our Lord saying to us, this is my mother. She is important to me because she's my mother. And again, I'm speculating here, but maybe in his humanness, he had running through his mind that she was the one person who never doubted me. We're told in places of scripture where many people doubted who he was, and maybe he was thinking, this one is so precious to me, not only because she's my mother, but because she was such a support to me. She was the one that was at everything. If there was soccer in in Israel and Jesus was playing soccer, she must have been at the Saturday morning soccer games. It wouldn't have been Saturday because that was the Sabbath. But maybe during the rest of the week, and again, I'm making light of something, but you understand the point. I mean, she was the one who apparently never questioned him. We see early on in Scripture that she knew who he was. She never accused him falsely like everybody else was doing. She was... Again, at everything he did, she was concerned with everything he did. I'm just imagining that maybe these were the thoughts going on. She was available for him for everything that he did. And I'm thinking about all of those formative years because the scripture tells us that he learned obedience. The Lord was Jesus when he came. He was 100% human. And so he allowed himself to grow through the learning process as well in humanity. And none of that means that she didn't worry about him like any other mother would, or wonder about him. You remember the time when the family was at the temple in Jerusalem and Jesus was just a young man and they couldn't find him? When Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, we find out that they were worried about him. They were struggling to find out where he was. But the Lord, in his gracious way, assured her he wasn't trying to cause her to worry, but he was being about his father's business, his heavenly father. So my simple thought as I was going through this was that are you acknowledging your mom if for no other reason than because she's your mom and paying attention to her as the one that the Lord gave to you. Here's a third thing from verse 26 as well. Mothers are to be shown compassion. Mothers are to be shown compassion. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, woman, Behold your son. It's such a touching scene in my heart, in my mind, as I envision envision this or try to, uh, because Jesus knew that he was leaving. I mean, that was imminent now. He had been preaching that and teaching that all week long, and even prior to that for the disciples. And the question of his mind would have been, who's going to care for my mother? Now I'm talking about in our humanness as we look at this. Jesus would have already known all this, of course. As the oldest son... It would have been his job to make sure that his mother was cared for. Uh, his father, for all we know, Joseph, was gone, maybe long since gone. And uh, we don't know the timing of all of that. We're not told in Scripture. Uh, but Mary was a single mom. And so perhaps she was living through much of what you lived through as a single mom and trying to deal with all the things that a single mom has to deal with, raising children. I don't know. I'm speculating here. But there's a good possibility, but certainly Jesus was the oldest of Mary's children. And so he knew it was necessary to care for her. Here she was at the foot of his cross, watching him die a criminal's death, even though he was God come in the flesh. And he knew she needed to be cared for. So at this point, who was going to do that? His brothers, we're told, were not believers. They didn't really believe in who he was. They didn't believe until he was resurrected. And so it's interesting that we're told that Jesus didn't entrust Mary to one of the other brothers. But he entrusts her to John the apostle. Questions in my mind come up as to why that is. Is it just because they were not believers? Or is there something else? Maybe it's because they weren't believers that they wouldn't have the same spiritual care. For him. Now, I don't know where they were spiritually, but we are told that they didn't believe that Jesus was Lord. Were they caught up in the legalist system? Were they caught up in all the Judaistic uh, rituals and traditions? We don't know. I think they were certainly on their way to understanding because uh, we are told later that they certainly did believe. But I wonder, in Jesus' mind, would they love her spiritually? Would they support her Rightly concerning God. I mean. As I said. They had a form of belief. Uh, Joseph and Mary certainly raised them in the temple. Like many of you have raised your children in the church. But that doesn't necessarily mean. That they're going to follow the ways of God. I think one of the hardest things about being a parent. And certainly I guess being a mom. Is to raise up your children. From infancy all the way through their young, young years. And teenage years. And then. Understand that they have a mind of their own and that they go on and do their own things in life. It's very challenging. You want them to follow everything that you've taught them. We know that Joseph and Mary raised them that way. But again, they did not know and understand that Jesus was Lord. So spiritually, again, they didn't understand. And they couldn't understand without the filling of the Holy Spirit in them. To give them the wisdom and discernment to know what was going on, and Jesus knew all of that, and he didn't want his mother to be left spiritually to provide for herself, and and I find such great compassion from the Lord in all of this. And so in that concern, in that act of compassion, he commissions John, his first cousin, to be her son. Notice that. He says, woman, behold thy son. What a beautiful statement there. It was going to be John who was going to be the one who would help her with the remainder of her life. Can you imagine the love that Mary must have felt at that point? Here's her son hanging on the cross, so dreadfully beaten, just in excruciating pain. And Jesus has her on his mind and he claims he makes this statement from the cross. He's literally hanging on the cross when he makes this statement a woman, behold thy son, and son, behold thou, thy mother. You know, as parents, our job is to care for our children. That's obvious by what I've said now, and to do everything we can for them. Even when they become adults, it never stops. You always have a heart for your children. You always want to make sure that they have what they need. We can't ever stop thinking about them. Even when our kids tell us not to worry about them, we say, okay, okay, okay. But in the back of our minds, we still have them on our minds and wanting to make sure that their needs are met and that they're cared for. And we hope for them. We offer suggestions to them for their lives, for better lives. We change our lives for them at a moment's notice, if necessary. Our compassion is never ending for them. But here... The Lord wants his mom to know he is turning the situation around and now she will be the one who is cared for. I think that's what the Lord is saying to to us here and wanting her to know, Mom, you have done everything for me all these years, but I want you to know I'm not going to leave you without someone to care for you. And what a beautiful, beautiful picture of compassion. This word behold in verse 26 is interesting. It just simply means to pay attention, uh, but it's designed to be a word to prompt attention. And so Jesus is is saying, listen, listen carefully, pay attention to what I'm going to say to you. I want you to know, Mom, that I have not forgotten you. Even in my dying hour, you will be cared for. Which leads us to that final conclusion of it all. And the fourth point is that mothers are to be cared for. They're to be cared for. Look with me in verse 27. And then he said to the disciples, Behold your mother. As I was referring to a second ago, first he says to Mary, Behold your son. And now he's saying to John, his beloved John, Behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. And so now Jesus removes his fixed eye position on his mother talking to her and looks at John And he says, listen, pay attention to me, John. Listen carefully. I'm going to give you some very important instructions. And I believe Jesus is basically saying to him, look, John, this is my mother. This is not just some other woman. This is not just somebody else in the crowd. This is my mother, and she is precious to me. And I've been taking care of her for many years, the best we know. Again, we don't know when Joseph left, um, which would... If it were recent, this would make it even all the more emotional, as you can imagine, all the more challenging. If it had been recent since Joseph died, we don't know. At least I don't know. But Jesus at least is saying, I now, John, am giving her into your care, this woman that I have been responsible for all these years. You're to look after her. Her needs are to be met by you. I will provide, Philippians 4.19, right as God he will provide, but you are to care for her in the human way as I give to you the ability to do so. And, you know, when you think about it, is there any greater blessing than to care for another person? I mean, the joy of having the privilege and the responsibility of providing for another living soul. And that's what's asked of moms is to be that provider for living souls. But yet how we see, even as we grow older and the uh, child-rearing years are gone, and like for many of you, those years are over, there is still the need to care for you, and that should be the turning of the table from your children to you. And that they should hopefully have the desire to see what you have done all these years and to be able to pour their energy and their emphasis into you, to be responsible for, for you. To have the gift of God given to you to care for somebody else is precious. It's an absolute joy. I'm sure, in fact, all the Lord's life, because he was consumed with caring for others, everything he did was to show others who he is and to care for them so they would receive him as Lord. That was his whole plan in coming and to rescue people spiritually from eternity. Some of you have either cared for or are currently in the process of caring for elderly parents, and you know the immense challenges in all of that far better than I do. My family is certainly going through that on both sides. You know that your time is not your own. You're constantly feeling the pressure of of needing to be and needing to do. Your energy is not your own, Uh, what little there is left of it to put into it all. Uh, You find your life is bound to the things you'd rather not do As you're at this point in life, for many of you, you're often and very challengingly put into very humble positions that you thought you'd never have to deal with. Some of you understand that well. You're challenged beyond your earthly limits in frustration at times as you're trying to help your aging mom or dad to understand what's best for them. You're challenged with patience. I've talked to many people who have been struggling with caring for their elderly mothers that are really struggling with patience over her. Uh, You realize that they have no one else to talk to a lot of times, so they'll call you regularly and make reference to you regularly because they just have nobody else that they can call. What a privilege. What a benefit. What a blessing for them to have you and you to have her. You know that by this point you're on call 24-7. It's a never-ending kind of task. You have to do everything, get everything, be everywhere, set all the appointments, make it all happen, make sure the timing is right, not to mention caring for your own things that you have to do. It's a very emotionally draining time because you're so intimately tied to them as your parent. You know the physical challenges behind it all. In effect, you've done the role reversal and become the parent in a lot of ways. Is really what happens. You have to make sure that they take their medicines. You have to make sure that they clean their houses. You have to make sure that they get to the doctor. You have to entertain them. You have to go care for them. You basically put your life on hold to care for them. For your parents. And again in this case. We're talking about mom. And it's a difficult job. It's a challenging role. But yet I think in this. Very brief encounter. In this very intimate situation. As the rest of the world is pushed away. We see the Lord giving some instruction here. That that's the role of the children. And in this case. John to Mary. And for us to our mothers. If they're still living. In fact. Jesus says through the Apostle Paul, and I'm saying that as the Spirit of God, 1 Timothy 5.8, If anyone does not provide for his own, and in the context is about family, specifically widows, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's strong language from the Lord. If anyone does not provide for his own, especially those for his own household, He's considered like an unbeliever. He's basically denied the faith. He's given up the truth of what God has commanded. And again, here's where we see this beautiful picture coming out more beautifully than anywhere else in Scripture as the Lord makes this dialogue and this encounter on his dying breath. And so the Lord is serious about his instruction. And he says, listen, if you don't care for the people who are closest to you, what are you really doing? It's amazing, isn't it, how all this is bound up in a couple of verses. It's just, and I'm sure I've just touched on what could be pulled out of it all, but how powerful they are, how how instructive. It's pretty amazing. Again, many of you have done a, a marvelous job in caring for those that are your parents and acting on the things that God has called you to do. And um, moms, today is your day that we recognize the the work that you've put into our lives and the work that you've put into the lives of people. And so the challenge for us is to pay attention and to remember how precious you are and that you need to be acknowledged. You need to be paid attention to. And so I guess we could simply say we just need to make sure that we're acknowledging you. And by the way, that's not just with words. Uh, That's to be acted upon. Sometimes it's much easier to use words, and words are wonderful and awesome. But the real acknowledgement is in the acting, showing tangibly that you care and that you appreciate this one who is your mother. The Lord is all about the tangible. In fact, in James chapter 2, he says faith without works is dead. He wants us to prove our love, not just with our words, but with our actions. And so if you just put yourself in your mom's place for just a few minutes Do all you can to feel what she feels if you're young and you're still in the home with mom. If mom's already gone on, it's still good to do this kind of exercise and do what you can to see life from her perspective, you know, because there's still a lot of people out here in the world that need a mom. They need the gift of mothering. They need to know that somebody considers them and cares about them. And so, In these days especially, you know, the pressure of this pandemic is on families in an alarming way. I think people are doing a good job. This is just my suspicion, but I think people are doing a good job of hiding their pressures and trying to create as much normal as they can. But one of the things that I'm hearing is that alcoholism is on the rise. Pornography is on the rise as people are stuck at home with nothing to do and trying to figure out how to spend their day. No doubt child abuse is going to be on the rise as parents become less patient with their children, as kids are seeing their families broken up and torn apart. Mom is now living here and dad is living here because they just never have been able to figure out how to make this work. And that's, you know, this just happens. That's society. That's the way human life is. But it's tragic nonetheless, but caught in the middle are the little ones. And those little ones may not be so little. The, I remember years ago there was a young man who was a senior in college and got the word that his parents were separating after many years and it just devastated him. As a senior in college, you would think, that why should that affect anybody? But listen, separation never ceases to affect people. And so many people are feeling the pressure of all of life on them right now. And that's the extreme end, but... I think today of all days, as we try to focus on something good and right and beautiful and true and holy, uh, what a joy, what better joy can we do or have than to focus on those people that God has given to us as being mothers and how special it is in the midst of a very trying circumstance, much like when Jesus was on the cross. Now, our situation is not near like that. But Jesus is showing us that even in the midst of this, he never forgot what was really important in the moments that it required to be remembered. And I think it's good for us to remember the beautiful things of this life. For those of you who are younger, take some time today to show your love for your mom. Tell her. Use words, but then use actions. Get her a gift. And some of you are saying, oh, yeah, about that gift. Well, okay, it's not too late. You can always say it's coming through Amazon later, but to be thought about is an important thing. It's easy to take moms for granted. It's easy to expect mom to do everything. It's easy to expect mom to be everything, to make everything happen, but there comes a time Jesus is showing us when the role needs to change, and it takes it's, it's our part. Now, some of you may be having a hard time with this message because you don't have a good relationship with your mom. Maybe that's the issue. I don't know. For you, it may be you need to start with God. That should be the first stop and ask for his help and ask him to help you with the relationship first. Say, Lord, I need you to help me restore my relationship with my mom. And that could be even those of you that are having parents that are much older in life and, and, and very elderly. Maybe you still don't have the kind of relationship that you've always wanted to have. And it starts with prayer and asking God for that. Ask him to help you to be broken over whatever needs to be broken and this frustration and the lonely heart for your mom, and he will. God will do what's necessary to bring together healing. And so these are just some thoughts for us today, uh, very simply. I won't keep you for a long time. Uh, You're probably tired of watching the television screen for homework and job uh, work and everything else. And so uh, sitting in front of a screen right now is pretty challenging. And so I just want to give you a couple thoughts this morning uh, to honor moms. And so moms, we honor you today and uh, because our Lord honors you. To bear children is a reward. It's the greatest reward that anyone could ever receive. Why? Because it's given to you by the Lord. And who could give a better gift than the Lord himself? And so again, we honor you today and pray that you feel the blessings of what it means to be a mom in the family and to be such an integral part of life for so many people. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for what this day represents, and we thank you for the people, these precious souls that you call mothers, that you've given to each of us that are on this planet. Lord, it was through them that you breathed life into their bodies, and it was through them that we came to live on this planet, to be a, a way to glorify you. Thank you, Lord, that from your text of scripture, you show us the value that you place on moms, on women who are mothers. Lord, thank you that in many ways you value all your people. And we just don't have time to talk about all that today. Today, we just want to focus on these moms. And we just thank you for your love. And we thank you for the privilege of being born into this world through our mothers even those that we may not have had a good relationship with whatever the situation might have been lord i pray that today whatever the heart may be thinking that it would either be elevated to a greater love or it would be broken and repentant to do what's necessary to love mom the way she should be loved and so lord we ask your blessings as we're dismissed here today until we meet again And looking forward to the next time we'll have the opportunity to worship together. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Lord's blessings to you all.